This is The Guardian. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This might not be what you were expecting in your feed. The Guardian has a new podcast, Pop Culture with Shante Joseph. Here's the first episode. And if you like what you hear, Listen to a new episode every Thursday. Just search for Pop Culture with Shante Joseph wherever you get your podcasts. Oh my gosh. I can't believe it. I can't believe this is real. I can't believe you're hearing my voice in your ears right now. If you don't know who I am, my name is Shante Joseph and I am the host of the new Guardian Pop Culture podcast. I absolutely love pop culture and I am so excited to be bringing you hot takes and deep dives every single Thursday. I hope you enjoy today's episode. You're in for a ride. She's back. And whatever you think about her music, Rihanna is an icon. And today we find out why. I don't ever want to think that because they're friends, I'm not one of them. Next is going to be a little bit of eyelid drama. Bitches. I get bored really quickly. So if I've done it, I'm already bored of it while I'm doing it. I'm not looking for a man. Let's start there. You're listening to Pop Culture with me, Shantae Joseph, for The Guardian. Six years, guys. It has been six long years since Riri blessed us with new music. She can't pop out for nappies without someone hounding her about when she will next release music. Lift Me Up, the new single from the Black Panther 2 soundtrack, has had mixed reviews. But Rihanna has and will continue to outlast so many of her musical peers. It's as if she can do no wrong. And as she returns to the limelight, I want to know what it is about Rihanna that makes her such an icon. Rihanna has a very special relationship with her fans. Who remembers that moment when she ran into a group of them in Paris, no security in sight? Her stands are called the Navy and they have a unique connection with her. I am obsessed. It's literally like the only thing that I've been listening to. This is Jay, he's from New York and is definitely part of the Navy. In 2019, Rihanna released a photo book. Jay went to an event for the launch. Rihanna showed up and it happened. So I ran towards the back where the bar was and it was literally like a clear path 
from me to her and we like locked eyes and I just started bawling my eyes out and I just worked like mouth to her like you saved my life and in that moment it seemed like a second later she was right in front of me and she was like reaching out for a hug and she was like oh are you okay are you okay and I was obviously a mess so much emotion and she was like no 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 turn around for the picture turn around for the picture and then I turn around and it's just like flash 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 kind of like telling me like this is your moment have it for the rest of your life Jay is openly gay but he says that with his family being from the Dominican Republic he thought that he would never be able to come out it was really hard for me to imagine life beyond I can't even tell you an age, like honestly, or at least a life as me openly gay. I, I never thought that it was possible. I thought that I would have to like hide my, my true identity for the end of time. Throughout her interviews and just all the scrutiny that she has gone through with social media and the resilience that she has really just spoke to me. For Jay, Rihanna's music and lyrics saved his life. And for most of her fans, she's a singer before an entrepreneur. So let's get into her music. How do we feel about Lift Me Up? Just going to pretend that mm. this isn't the big comeback single. Shard D'Souza is The Guardian's acting deputy music editor. I think basically this being a song from the, the Black Panther soundtrack, because that movie is coming out soon, they were probably like, okay, well, we have to release the song. She's got a co-writing credit on it, and Thames, uh, the Nigerian Alte singer, also co-wrote it, and Ryan Coogler, who is the director of the Black Panther movie, quite notably not a songwriter. Yeah, I was thinking, <laughs> okay. And... Much like, you know, she's doing the Super Bowl next year despite not having released music in a really long time. Like, I think the money was good enough to get her away from from the, the Fenty Beauty offices and, exactly. and into the studio. She's got a baby to raise now, you know. Kids are not cheap. Nursery is expensive, so I actually totally understand. But I kind of want to get into Rihanna's musical history. Like, let's go back to the very start of her career. Yeah, very early on, like her first ever single, Pondery Play. That was a huge hit in the UK. And since then, over the next decade, she would basically make kind of like a constant stream of hits. Especially, you know, her, I think it was her second album, Good Girl Gone Bad, in 2007. That was kind of the beginning of this imperial phase. You know, mm. you've got Umbrella, which was a, a massive hit. God, uh, Disturbia, which was a really big track. Um, and then from there, it was just Only Girl in the World and We Found Love with Calvin Harris. A lot of her songs from this early period of her career really typified the, the kind of big sound at the time, which was kind of this EDM pop hybrid, EDM standing for electronic dance music and, and was really embodied by producers like like Calvin Harris and like David Guetta. And I think Rihanna really managed to kind of make that sound her own and not let it kind of, I guess, consume her as a personality. Is there a moment where she really started to define herself more or to completely change herself, how she presented herself as an artist? So she was kind of the embodiment of this kind of workhorse pop star, right? Like mm. she cut the tracks, she toured them, and then the next year, 
she would do it again. And each year she was kind of making hits. Yeah, then after stepping back for a little bit, she returns with Auntie in 2016. It's very, felt very authentically her. It's become one of my favorite albums of the past 10 years, for sure. The writing is so good. It's super, like, soulful while bringing these elements of dancehall and trap and, like, Mm. all these super unexpected things. You think of someone like Beyonce, who obviously kind of took a pivot from making, I guess, radio records. Yeah. And she hasn't had big hits in the same way, even though her musical impact has has increased. Yeah. Whereas Rihanna, I think she took a hard turn left and still was making hits, you know? Yeah. I remember that album so well. I used to listen to work every single day on repeat. On the bus, on my way to uni, on my way back home. It was just such a huge part of, like, my life at that time. And also just, I think, Rihanna as, like, a cultural influence. You know, when she shaved off her head and dyed it red in a Rude Boy video and then everyone's dyeing their hair red. It's like everybody's constantly aspiring to be Rihanna. And I think Auntie was, like, the coolest version of Rihanna yet. When I listen to songs on the radio or I hear certain songs, I hear so much of Rihanna. Even the way she sings, like the husky tone, the nasally sort of sound, not really like finishing her words. There's something about it that's become so distinctive. And I think I hear it a lot in music. I think about the song Bon Bon by Era Estrefi. And how much that sounds just like Rihanna. There's some songs on Auntie that I think have definitely been influential kind of in a sense. I think about a song like Kiss It Better with that kind of like classic guitar. I think a lot of people were like, okay, Rihanna did a classic rock track, I'm going to do a classic rock track. Mm. And I think every pop star wants that, like yeah. wants to be a point of fixation and also a point of aspiration. The music is part of it, but it's almost like everything around it is equally as important. And I think that mm. was what was kind of interesting with Anti, right? It just kind of oozes cool. Right. A song like this Black Panther song that cool is almost what it's missing. It's super anonymous and like it sounds like a song Thames wrote for Thames rather than, you know, a song that was written for Rihanna. One thing Rihanna has been hounded about, are we going to be getting an R9 album? Oh, I mean, it's (laughs) it's kind of like the eternal question, right? Mm. I think the most concrete information we've had uh, is that it's maybe a reggae album. I think there there are some good signs. The fact that she's doing the Super Bowl early next year means that perhaps we will have some kind of new music. <laughs> she can afford to take her time. And I think she's probably at this point where Auntie and her other business ventures have given her a lot of creative freedom. Yeah. So I think maybe why not just make it your reggae album or why not? take six years to make Mm. it. I think it's very like she works on no one's schedule but her own. Thank you so much for joining me. I had so much fun talking about her. I could do this for hours. Let's take a hot set and when we come back, 
we'll be speaking to Aethua Hush about the night she spent with Rihanna. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome back, friends. Shard is right when he says everyone wants to be Rihanna. She is the embodiment of cool. And I cannot imagine how amazing it must be to meet her in person. And seeing as I can't unpack her brilliance in real life, I can talk to someone who has spent a long time with her. I remember her arrival very well because it was several hours late. Author Afua Hirsch had the enviable pleasure of interviewing Rihanna in 2020 for Vogue. Luckily, I have a friend who's friends with Jay Brown, who's the like owner of Rock Nation. So he came in, he opened up his office, which was so sweet of him. He opened up like a really beautiful vintage bottle of Chateau Neuf du We sat there drinking red wine. So that was kind of an interesting place to spend an evening. And then at about 1am, Rihanna rocks up. Wow. I know. I know I've had a couple of glasses of wine, but I'm having a great time. I can't believe this. <laughs> There's fashionably late and then there's, I don't even know what this is. It's one of those things that it was such a, it was, I was having a good time. But at the same time, this is not an interview that you want to be on anything less than your A game for. Like, I love Rihanna. It's a big responsibility and privilege to interview her. So you're also like feeling a little bit like you can't properly relax. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, Rihanna rocks off at about one. And she just swans in like she's the most ordinary person in the world, <laughs> swanning a couple of minutes late. And she's so beautiful. Like she's just got this energy. She's It's one in the morning. She looks like it's kind of like 7 a.m. She's like full of life, really fresh. And then she says to me, oh, my God, you're so beautiful. And I that completely. Oh, my gosh. So I was like. Oh my God, Rihanna's telling me. And she was like, I love your braids. I love your out. Like she was just kind of complimenting me. It was so, but it felt really genuine. It didn't feel like she was like a gimmick. I don't think she even apologized for being late. She was just like, I was just, you know, in the studio or something. I don't know. I wasn't mad to be honest. Yeah, yeah. You didn't feel like disrespected, but also she just sounds like an incredible person. So it's just like, I feel like you must get overwhelmed by her niceness. And then you're like, it's fine. She's just got this generosity of spirit. You respect it because she's doing so much and she's so in her creative zone. And she really comes across like one of those creative people who's slightly like on a bit of a different plane. And I I, can't, I relate to that to a point and I'm fascinated by it. Right. So, yeah. So then she came down and then she got in on the Chateau Neuf du Pat. Uh-huh. So then we're both drinking red wine. And to be honest, that's kind of what happened until 
5 a.m. And wow. then I was like, I'm so sorry. I have to go. I have a flight to catch. And she was like, let me let my driver take you. I'm, you know, so that's lovely. Then it was like a mad dash to the airport. So we were up all night talking, basically. And so you've spoken a lot about Rihanna as a person and what she's like. And she she sounds wonderful. I can't lie. But I want to get into a bit about her as like a business woman. Because obviously I remember when Fenty Beauty launched, it was absolutely huge. People love Rihanna as a beauty icon. And here she was creating something for women of all shades. Hello, everyone. I don't think anyone in this building is as excited as I am today. This is like a birthday party. This is like an album release. This is, I feel all of those feelings. I'm so excited. This is a dream come true. The marketing behind it, everything about how youthful and how relevant it was is amazing. So would you kind of say that she really did change the industry when she started Fenty Beauty. They don't call it the Fenty effect for nothing. It was like a game-changing moment. And it was so interesting speaking to her about it because you never know with these celebrity-driven brands how much the talent is actually involved in the products. And some, I think there's a spectrum where some of them, they just put their name on it and have like nothing to do with the product development or the concept. And the other end of the spectrum is where it's like their idea, they're in the lab, they're super involved. Rihanna is at that end of the spectrum. She said it was like her absolute red line that there had to be that many shades, that it had to be beyond inclusive women of colour, like the first time that there were actually something approaching the number of shades and the diversity of colours that we actually need. Mm. And she is so involved in the detail. She actually writes the copy on the labels. That's the level. So I... I didn't know that and I wouldn't have assumed that. And it was really interesting to hear what a perfectionist she is about that, you know, in terms of the names and the the copy and the way it's presented, the way it's marketed, the way it's formulated, how it feels. She uses herself as a guinea pig for all of the products. And I just really respected that. I thought, and she said, you know, she knows that when people are buying it, they're buying into her, you know, and it's her credibility that they're relying on. So she really takes that seriously as a responsibility and she is a formidable business person she's she's on it with her businesses and as we know they have become huge successful global companies that's such an impressive evolution and there's hardly any singers entertainers who've been able to build something that impressive yeah and I feel like with Fenty everything about the marketing and the way it's positioned didn't feel tokenistic it didn't feel like she was trying to appeal to us because she just wants our money but it genuinely felt like she saw a gap in the market and she saw an opportunity to create something that made beauty more inclusive of all types of women. Yeah absolutely and it was like the initial vision and she made it a reality and it's born like I think so many of the most important things from personal experience like her frustration at feeling excluded by the beauty industry knowing what it's like to not be seen not be catered for Mm. so I, I think that It's a powerful example of how you can take that sense of unfairness and turn it into something. And I really didn't get the impression she did it to make money. I got the impression she did it because it was it was solving a problem that she herself and the people she loves has. And like is so often the case, I think when you set out to solve a problem, it ends up being commercially successful, the more so because you didn't set out to make money out of it. And in the piece, you talk about Rihanna 
not being afraid to be political. Could you maybe tell us more about that? Yeah, I was surprised as well in the conversation we had, how much she's been through. Um, She was telling me about how her home got raided by immigration officers growing up because of relatives who who didn't have the right papers. She really grew up with a sense of the unfairness of somebody who doesn't have that privilege. And I think she feels the importance of being true to that experience, that she knows what it is to not be to be undocumented. She knows what it is to be black in a racist society. She, you know, that she knows what it is to come from a small island that isn't economically powerful, that has been underdeveloped by colonialism. That's all part of her experience. And she grew up with people who speak about that and vocalized it and raised her with a certain consciousness. So that makes sense of where she stands, I think. And I think it's interesting how she's walked that path and she's not somebody who you think of as an activist first. You think of her as a, as a, as a performer and an entertainer and a singer, songwriter and a creative and a business person first. But she also hasn't shied away from standing up for things she believes in. It's quite rare to see somebody who's got that right, that doesn't feel gimmicky when she does stand up for something when she does use her platform but at the same time she doesn't do it so much that it's stopped her being a mainstream artist who performs at the Super Bowl as she's now going to do. So from fashion to makeup to just being an incredible artist like she's obviously got her fingers in so many pies and is doing so much but on an innate level what do you feel truly motivates Rihanna as a person and an artist like do you think that she has a bigger picture in mind not only for herself but for the world around her I think she is really ambitious and she's definitely somebody on a mission and I think it's one thing I found interesting is this idea that she was this cute 15 year old from Barbados and people thought she was this thing this kind of entity that could be contained and manipulated which is how the music industry traditionally treats female artists especially black girls and they massively underestimated her in terms of her ability her ambition her sense of strategy so that's just something that I'm I find really interesting to see and as a result I think it's really hard to predict like what she is capable of you know I think she continues to be underestimated actually you think um Fenty took people by surprise yeah I mean maybe not so much now but I think I don't think people really appreciated the scale of what she was trying to build when she started that business now as well I mean you spend time with her she's so lovely she's so sweet you chat you drink wine and then sometimes you have to remind yourself like this is a formidable person you know what I mean like it's easy to slip into that comfort zone so I'm I'm curious as to what she'll do I mean obviously the music is the thing that people have really been on her like when is she dropping the next album and she would not be drawn and it was really interesting how she you realize that you haven't got an answer (laughs) you don't even feel like you've been snubbed (laughs) because she's so charming and asks you so many questions about yourself and then suddenly you're like hang on a minute I came here to ask this one question in particular and I still don't have an answer she it was like the sweetest evasion of a question that I've ever had and I respect that too I mean it must get really annoying people constantly saying like we've built a billion dollar business and people are like where's your like single truffle <laughs> and lastly why do you feel like Rihanna is an icon if you can even sum it up that is I think that she's managed to be accessible and have like an incredible fan base, but also continue to seem real. And there's an element of mystique about her, how she lives, who she dates, what her values are, who she really is. And I think that's 
I think that's worked really well. I don't even know if that was intentional, but I think it's worked. She does keep a lot of her life private. And I think that's really healthy. And maybe one reason she's been able to stay the game in the industry. And it seems like she has genuine relationships with people who protect her and she's cultivated those on purpose. So she's super savvy. And then I think um, just her ability to evolve as a creative, become a fashion icon, create companies. She also knows that she has this huge fan base, people of all races, backgrounds, ages, but she is so clear that she's a black woman and that, that her core audience of people who follow her and look to her are black women. And I think she's kind of like really embraced that in a way that um, has just generated so much love for her, you know, and there really is, I felt it when I was interviewing her, yeah. so many people, so many big people were like, oh my God, <laughs> Like all the people I've interviewed, that was the one that they got really into. So I thought that was interesting. And like what you say about privacy is so interesting. I feel like in an era of like TikTok and Instagram lives and being so online, we're so much closer to celebrities now. And so I feel like there's a lack of like mystery about them that makes them truly like iconic. But Rihanna has like been really online and has withdrawn from being so online and has given us so many moments that weren't necessarily tied to like social media and I think that air of like disconnected mystery and distance makes her such an icon but she's still so personable yeah. as well so yeah she's a real person she's not it's like she doesn't buy into her own hype I think that's yeah. what it is don't get me wrong like her team look exhausted she works like a mad person her hours are nuts she lives this really surreal lifestyle constantly on the move. I mean, it might have changed now because she wasn't a mother yet when I saw her. And actually, that's one of the things we talked about. She said that she really did want to have children. Um, and she said she wanted to have three or four. So Ooh, okay, space. so there could be more. <laughs> but, <laughs> Fenty baby clothes next. Yeah, so she's not a normal person at all. But shes it's like she doesn't take herself too seriously. And that's very endearing. And that's, I think, probably one of the things I liked about her the most. I feel like I know her now through this interview, like the way you've described her as a person and how warm she is. Uh, Thank you so much. I really you. appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the first episode of your podcast. So exciting. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. And if you did, then please subscribe and leave me a review. This week's episode was produced by Hattie Moya, sound design by Mao Lasetto, original music by Axel Kakutier. The executive producers are Maz Ebtaj and Nicole Jackson. I will see you next Thursday. That was Pop Culture with Shantae Joseph. New episodes every Thursday. Search for Pop Culture with Shantae Joseph wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Guardian. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free 
or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.